What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Maylari. So tomorrow is the start of the college football season. Week zero of the NCAA slate is tomorrow. So I'm going to give you a preview of a handful of games in tomorrow's window, talk about some predictions, and also break down how each team performed over the last year or so. Maybe some players to watch out for as well. Starting off with the first game of the year, and that'll be the Aer Lingus College Football Classic in Dublin, Ireland. And it'll be between Navy and the number 13 team in the country, Notre Dame, tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. on NBC. This game's a great rivalry game between Notre Dame and Navy. It's been a tradition now since 1927. They've played every single year besides the 2020 season, which was shortened because of COVID. That was the only time they didn't play in a season since 1927. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, though, typically win this game rather easy. They are 79-13-1 overall, and they've won five times in a row against Navy. For Notre Dame, their starting quarterback will be Sam Hotman, who is a transfer from Wake Forest, a dangerous playmaking quarterback who has put up crazy numbers in college football in his career. 12 games last year for Wake Forest. He had 38 passing touchdowns, 12 interceptions, and 3,700 passing yards. In 48 games in his college career at Wake Forest, he had 110 passing touchdowns, 41 interceptions, and 17 rushing touchdowns. Now he joins a team that... Ended last season very hot, winning six of their last seven games. Despite a shaky start to last season for Notre Dame, they started to find their footing towards the end of the year. Marcus Freeman took over as head coach for Notre Dame last season, going 9-4 and four overall. Notre Dame still has Audric Estime, who is their starting running back last year, 920 rushing yards and 11 rushing touchdowns last season. He is back with them for another year this year. Navy is a new head coach in Brian Newberry, who is the defensive coordinator last year, now taking over as head coach. For Navy, I'm not sure who's going to start at quarterback. They have two guys listed on the depth chart as the first-team quarterback. They have an aura in between the two names, with the first being Blake Horvath and then the other being Ty Lavatai, who was a quarterback for them last year. Lavatai is going into his senior year, played eight games for Navy last season. Did suffer torn ACL, though, in the middle of last season in October. Ended up going down, obviously, with an ACL injury, missing the rest of the season. But before going down, he completed just 46% of his passes, so he's not very accurate. They don't really throw the ball as much as most offensive systems do. He also ran for 309 yards and five touchdowns and also added in 787 passing yards and five touchdowns in the games he played in last year. Only played eight games, as I said, before going down with that knee injury. Blake Horvath would be starting for the first time in his college football career if he were to play tomorrow. This would be his first snap in college football if he does get the start tomorrow versus the Irish. I think it's tough to throw him out there right away versus a powerhouse like Notre Dame, especially overseas, and have him take his first snap right away against one of the best teams in the country. Considering he's never played a snap in college football yet, I'd imagine they're going to roll with Lavatai for just the start of the game, and then Horvath will come in at some point. It seems like they're going to both be playing in tomorrow's game, whether it's Horvath starting or Lavatai starting. One of them's going to go in for the other one at some point in the game, realistically. So my bet here is that Horvath comes in off the bench since I think it's a really tough situation to throw him in there against Notre Dame right away. And especially considering he's never taken a snap in college football yet, it's obviously a tough situation to be thrown into. So here's my prediction. I think Notre Dame wins this game 41-23. I think Navy's going to score a little bit. I think Navy ends up maybe getting a touchdown at the end of the game, maybe making it an 18-point game, 21-point game. But I think the midshipmen lose in this one regardless. I think Notre Dame comes out on top at the end of the day. 41-23 is my prediction. Now I'm moving on to the next game that I'm going to preview, and that is the San Jose State game and the USC game. San Jose State will be traveling to Southern California for this matchup. It is an 8 p.m. game tomorrow night on the Pac-12 Network. Quarterback Caleb Williams for USC is coming off a Heisman season where he threw 42 passing touchdowns, had five interceptions, added in 382 yards on the ground and 10 rushing touchdowns. So for a total of 52 touchdowns in 14 games as a sophomore, USC has a ton of weapons as well. Definitely going to be an easy offense to watch score and imagine, including wide receiver Zachariah Branch, 
going into his freshman year for the Trojans. He's an absolute jet who actually reached 26 miles per hour in a training video over the summer. A true weapon that's going to catch eyes immediately. I think a great comparison for him in the NFL is Jalen Waddle. Pure electricity and speed. I think he's going to be a burning threat there for USC in offense. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to catch a lot of eyes right away at the start of the college football season. Caleb Williams has it easy, though, not only with Zachariah Branch, but also has a transfer wide receiver, Dorian Singer, who's stepping in from Arizona. Singer last year had six touchdowns and 1,100 receiving yards last season for Arizona. As for San Jose State, their quarterback is Siobhan Cordero, who had 23 passing touchdowns last season to six interceptions. He was a transfer from Hawaii going over to San Jose State. Added in nine rushing touchdowns last year as well. Has good mobility. San Jose State does have a good offensive line, which helped them succeed a little last year and helped them score some points. And if you look at it, Cordero also has some good mobility. He can move, as I said. So I like what I saw from him. In the film that I watched, I watched a little bit of his highlights over the last couple days. I think the kid's a playmaker. I think he's going to make some plays in tomorrow's game. Issue is, though, obviously, is USC is one of the best teams in the country, but you could beat USC by scoring points against them. You're probably not going to outscore them, but you could definitely score points against their defense. That was a big weakness for USC last season was their defense. And San Jose should be able to score a little in this game. The only teams USC beat by more than 31 points last season were Colorado and Rice. They didn't really blow out too many teams by too much last season. So that's why I think it's going to be a little closer than most people probably expect here, even though I think USC has too much firepower for San Jose State to win this game. I think San Jose State could score some points in this game, especially considering what I saw from Siobhan Cordero in the highlights. I think this kid's going to be a playmaker. And you also add in that they're bringing back the top offensive skill player from last season, running back Kyrie Robinson, who had 752 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns last year. Now a 50-year back veteran in that system. And then you add in as well as it's a Cordero, a guy that's going to make some plays with his legs. I watched his highlight reel. He can get a lot of moves on you in the open field and get around you with his elusiveness. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch tomorrow night. I think USC ends up winning this game though. 48 to 26. We'll obviously see what happens there. I think it'll be a fun one to watch though. Next up is UMass heading to New Mexico State. This game will be at 7 p.m. tomorrow night on ESPN. New Mexico State did go 7-6 last season and actually made their first bowl game since 2017 last year. So they had a positive year last year. If you look at UMass, though, brutal season last year, 1-11 in the 2022 season. Winning just three games over the last four full seasons in college football. They've been one of the worst programs in the country over the last decade and finished 133 out of 133 in the FBS last season. They struggled on both sides of the ball, but they did add in Former four-star recruit to Clemson, Tyson Pumachan, a quarterback who played alongside Trevor Lawrence for a couple of years for Clemson. He was the backup to Trevor Lawrence in 2019 and 2020. He played three years for Clemson and also played last year for Georgia Tech as a transfer. Now he's going to his third school, though, in his college career. In his career, he's played just in 15 games, has one passing touchdown to four interceptions, also did add in three rushing touchdowns over his career as well. As I said, he's going to a team that has been one of the worst teams in college football over the last few years, but hopefully he can help them out and help them move the ball. They also did land former University of Miami recruit, wide receiver Mark Pope, who actually played last season for Jackson State, transferred from Miami to Jackson State, only had one catch for 15 yards last year in four games played for Jackson State, but ends up coming to... UMass, with this being his third stop in his college football career, the same goes for Pumachon. Both of these guys were top recruits coming out of high school, ended up going from, for Pumachon, Clemson to Georgia Tech and now to UMass. And then for Mark Pope, the wide receiver, started at Miami, went to Jackson State, and now ends up playing for UMass. So both of those guys did have a little bit of shaky career, especially considering how good they were coming out of high school. They really just never found their footing at their first schools, went to a second school for another opportunity, which they never really got the chance to show what they could do. And now they're at 
UMass with the chance to try to get this program back on track and maybe help them score some points. Pope did have a very good year in 2024 Miami. 33 catches of 403 yards and two touchdowns. And as I said, from a four-star recruit, was the eighth best wide receiver in his high school class. Obviously, it really hasn't worked out in his college career, but we'll see how he does for UMass in the Minutemen offense this season. As, as I said as well with Pumachan, He's played three years for Clemson and then one year for Georgia Tech. Obviously has had some great coaching in his career. Probably learned something from Trevor Lawrence, I'd imagine. But just hasn't shown too much in the 15 games he's played in. A lot of those being games where he came in late after it was already a blowout score, especially for Clemson. He did play last year for Georgia Tech as well. Just one touchdown, as I said, passing with four interceptions as well last season for the Yellow Jackets. So now looking at the other side, we got New Mexico State. As I said, they went 7-6 and six last season, making their first bowl game since 2017. They have a very good coach in Jerry Kill. He finds ways to win games games and he also game plans very well if you look at it new mexico state has a starting quarterback back diego pavia who had 13 passing touchdowns last season in six interceptions 1450 passing yards last season overall they brought their number one wide receiver back as well this year cordell david he had 24 catches last season for 343 yards and four touchdowns he's six foot three 205 pounds and can go up and get it i expect him to go up and make some plays if you look at umass they've won just three games since the start of the 2019 season 2019 they went one and 11 2020 0 and 4 2021 1-11 and 2022 going 1-11 yet again so just three wins for them over the last four full seasons in college football they only played four games in 2020 but regardless they've only won four games in the last four seasons in college football Last year, they brought back former head coach Don Brown, who was the head coach there with UMass when they were in the CAA, the Atlantic 10 Conference as well at one point. They were in the Atlantic 10 Conference in the early 2000s and then moved to the CAA. And they were really good when they had Brown as their head coach. They were 6-5 and five overall in 2004, 4-4 four four in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Then if you look at it in 2005, 7-4 overall, 6-2 in the conference. Then they became really good in 2006, 13-2 overall, going 8-0 in the Atlantic 10 Conference that year. So 2006 was their best season, 13-2 overall, 8-0 in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Then 2007, 10-3 overall, 7-1 in their conference as well. Then he ends up leaving, going to other programs. Now he finds himself back at UMass after being a defensive coordinator and cornerbacks coach at Maryland. Had the same job at UConn as well, defensive coordinator and cornerbacks coach. Boston College, defense coordinator and linebackers coach for 2013 to 2015. Was a defense coordinator for Michigan from 2016 to 2020. Goes to Arizona as a defense coordinator in 2021 and finds himself back at UMass in 2022. He was also an interim head coach at 1.4 year baseball in 1992. So he's had quite the career being a coach in college football and just college sports in general. He ends up going back to UMass last season. They were just 1-11 overall, but he's going to get another chance as the head coach this upcoming season. We'll see what they can do. As I said, they did add in two former top recruits at the quarterback and wide receiver positions. Hopefully that can help them move the ball, something they really struggled with last season and over the last few years. So in this game, I think New Mexico State wins this game. As I said, they brought back their quarterback, Pavia. They also do have Cordell David as well. I think New Mexico State wins this game 31-23. New Mexico State is 2-0 versus UMass in the last two seasons, beating them 44-27 and 23-13 in both of the games they've played them over the last couple of years. I think UMass scores some points in this game, but I think they end up losing 31-23. So the last game in a preview is the Ohio game versus San Diego State. Ohio will be traveling to San Diego State tomorrow night at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. This is the start of the MAC football season, the Mid-American Football Conference. This is the first game. 
for the conference. You have Ohio traveling to San Diego State. Ohio last year had a very good offense, averaged 32 points per game last year, and bringing back a ton of talent. Where They actually won double digits last season, going 10-4 overall, and building even more this year, bringing back the quarterback from last season, Curtis Rourke, who is the starting quarterback for them, was a the MAC player of the year last season. 25 passing touchdowns, 4 interceptions, and 4 rushing touchdowns. Coming off an ACL tear, but he had a very good year last year. I'm excited to see what he can do in that Ohio Bobcats offense this season as well. They're bringing back a ton of offense to the wide receiver and running back positions as well, including... Former Ohio State wide receiver Sam Wiglis, he transfers to Ohio last year and put on a show for Ohio on offense, 877 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns. He was great for them last year. I'm excited to see what Rourke can do with him this year. And they also brought back their running back from last year, C.A. Bangora, who had 1,000 rushing yards last season, 13 rushing touchdowns, 226 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns last season as well. 15 total touchdowns for him last year. He's going to be a guy to watch out for in that offense. I think Ohio's going to have a really good year this year, which I'm not going to do. My focus cultural predictions yet. I'm probably going to do that at some point in the middle of next week. I'll give you my record predictions for every team that I think is going to be really good this year. I'll probably break down the whole Mac, talk about BC football, and then give my predictions for the top programs in the country, maybe give some Heisman predictions as well. I'm not going to do all that right now, though. I'll wait until middle of next week so I can do a little bit more research. But I think Ohio's going to have a good year this year. That offense is going to be dangerous. You look at Rourke, he's a very good quarterback, has very good touch on his passes. And has a very strong arm. And if you look at that offense, I mean, Bangora was only a freshman last year. I think he's going to be even better this year. At 15 touchdowns last year between rushing and receiving. He's going to be even better this year. I think that Ohio offense is going to be dangerous. As for San Diego State, they were 7-6 last season. Their quarterback is Jalen Maiden, who came in middle of last season. Actually got eight games as their quarterback. They were actually averaging 65 passing yards per game before he stepped in. They ended up averaging 253 passing yards a game after he stepped in as the starting quarterback. He was playing safety in the 2022 season last year at the start before switching back to quarterback. He was a quarterback at the start of his college career, transitioned to defensive back. In the middle of last season, they needed help at quarterback, and he ends up stepping in. was a dynamic quarterback for them last year. 2,000 passing yards, 12 touchdowns passing with 10 interceptions, also added in three rushing touchdowns in eight games. Also did factor in 231 rushing yards and three touchdowns on the ground as well. Was playing safety, as I said, transitions back to quarterback and ends up helping out that offense move the ball down the field. A play to watch out for for that San Diego State defense is the best defensive player, in my opinion, defensive back Sidarius Barfield, who had 49 tackles last season, four tackles for a loss, two passes defended, a fumble recovery, also an interception, and two forced fumbles. He can really do it all as a defensive back. He's a guy to keep your eye on. I think this game's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm going to go with Ohio winning this game. I think they have the better offense. I think Rourke's going to have a really good year this year. He had a very good year last year before the ACL injury. Was the MAC player of the year even with it. I think it's going to be a fun season to watch for the Ohio team, which I'm going to give my full MAC predictions next week. I think they start the season with the win here, even though it's going to be tough for them to go across the country to San Diego State and get a win. But I'm going to roll with my gut here. I'm going to have Ohio winning this game 34-27 to over San Diego State. It's an upset win there for Ohio, but I think they start the year hot and get the offense rolling early. As I said now about Rourke, I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he's capable of 40 total touchdowns this upcoming season for Ohio. As I said, 25 passing touchdowns last year. Also added in four touchdowns on the ground as well. I think he's capable of 40 total touchdowns, especially with that offense coming back. Bangura coming back as well. At running back, was only a freshman last year. I think he's going to be better this year. Ohio's going to be a dangerous team. I think they win this game and stop the year off with a big upset win over San Diego State. Anyways, that will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it and hope you guys have a good one. I will see you in the next episode.